We're starting in the book of Genesis tonight, chapter 3, and verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. He said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. The serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. I want you to notice with me in verse 1, the word serpent. Verse 2, the word serpent. And verse 4, three times uh, that Satan is referred to here as a serpent. Psalm 91, Psalm 91 and verse 13. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Satan in these verses referred to as a lion, adder, a young lion, and a dragon. Isaiah chapter 27 and verse 1. All of these verses are talking about the devil. We're going to give the devil, we're going to give the devil the devil tonight. We're going to give him the devil. How about that? Isaiah 27, remember now, Genesis 3, he was a serpent. Psalm 91, he's a lion, he's an adder, he's a young lion, he's a dragon. Isaiah 27 and 1, in that day the Lord with his sore and great and strong sword shall punish Leviathan, the piercing serpent. Even Leviathan, that crooked serpent, and he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. Said here, shall punish Leviathan. He calls him a piercing serpent, a crooked serpent, and the dragon that is in the sea. Then we go to the Revelation chapter 20, verse 1. And two, John said, and I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand, and he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Dragon, old serpent, devil. And Satan is the way that he's referred to here. You have noticed with me, as I've said to you as we progress through these readings, all of them speak of the devil. We have those, Psalm 91. We have Isaiah 27, where just the description of Satan is nothing less than terrible. A terrible creature, everything from a lion to an adder 
to a dragon, to a piercing serpent, a crooked serpent, Leviathan, a sea monster, if you please. And then we wind up in Revelation as he's bound, that old dragon, that dragon, the old serpent, Satan, and the devil. It appears to me and to you, I'm going to preach to you tonight on the subject, the snake still crawls. I want you to get a hold of that thought. The snake still crawls. And we'll work that in and we'll, we'll understand later. But it would seem to the mind of man that, that that started out in the beginning, the first reference we ever had to the devil, he was a little garden snake. Just, just a little garden snake. I mean, just a, just a little serpent, a snake in the garden. He just was called a serpent. My uh, mother, that little 92-year-old mom of mine, uh, our, our youngest son, Tim, on Wednesday evening, he'll go by and pick her up and bring her to church, not because he has to, but he wants to. She drives the other time. So they uh, were a little late getting to church Wednesday, this past Wednesday evening. I was waiting for him because Tim is our organist, and, uh, you know, I kind of like to have everybody on their instrument when we start, but finally got there just in the nick of time. And he said, Daddy, I'm sorry to be late, or almost late, because he knows that I don't do late very well. I believe in, you know, I, I just kind of believe that 7 o'clock means 7 o'clock, and I don't do late very well. He said, but I'm sorry that I'm this late getting here. But he said, when I got to Mammon's house, there was a snake in her yard, and she had to go get her shotgun and kill it. That's right, 92 years old. So while all that was going on, Tim made a picture of that, and there's my little 92-year-old mother there with her shotgun shooting a snake. And so he posted it to the rest of the family, and one of my sons, some member of the family, texted back or, or replied to his picture that he sent and said, the, the, the Beverly Hillbillies have moved to Ellisville, Mississippi. Here's Granny Clampett. <laughs> Woo. But he started out as just a serpent, just a serpent in the garden. So we call him a garden snake. But by the time we get to the end of this thing, he's not called a little garden snake anymore, but a great dragon, that old serpent, Satan and the devil. So all of this, in our mind begs a question. And I want to talk to you and search out the answer to this question tonight. And I'm not going to use, you know, I'm going to violate uh, the king's grammar here for just a little bit, but I feel like uh, I need to do that. I feel like I need to violate, uh, uh, you know, and all of you uh, professors here tonight and grammatically Correct with everything that may bother. It doesn't bother me to violate grammar. I'm still an ain't and can't and a mater and tater fella. You know, I mean, that's just the way it is. But I want to ask a question, and I want to get it in your mind, and I want to get it in a way that you'll understand exactly what I'm saying. Is Satan bigger and badder today 
than he's been in the past. Now, I realize that's not just exactly the way. I don't know any other way to say it. But is the devil bigger and badder today than he's ever been before? Now, don't answer that question yet. I mean, you, you'll answer it by what you saw on Fox News. We're going to answer it by what we see from the Word of God. It's Satan bigger and badder today than he was in the past or in our generation and even in the generation of the people. But You know, we're, we're living in the smartest generation in the, that's ever lived in history. You believe that? We got some of the smartest idiots that we've ever had today. I'm telling you, smartest generation that's ever lived. I, I read one time, Somewhere said that we live in a world today that is so full of neurotics, psychotics, and psychiatrists. Neurotics, psychotics, and psychiatrists. So we're just surrounded by them all the time. Well, I didn't know what all that meant, but the uh, gentleman that wrote that was so kind, Brother Steve, to go ahead and explain it. He said by that, he said, I mean, the neurotics, they build great, big castles in the cloud. You know, we got those neurotics around here. They, they live in such an imaginary world. And now I'm telling you. So the neurotic build great imaginary castles in the cloud. The psychotics live in those clouds. The psychotics live in those castles in the clouds. And the psychiatrist collects the rent. So I guess maybe there's a little bit of truth in that. But when we look around us in our world at things that are happening on this world stage, it certainly seems obvious that the devil that started out in that garden as a little snake doesn't appear to be that way anymore. It seems that he's grown into such a tremendous force, such a tremendous power, until the entire world seems to bow before the satanic altars of the world today are almost. Murder, killing, homicides, crime, is at a level perhaps that we've never known before. Close to 600 murders in the city of Chicago alone in 2018. Babies being murdered. We thought it was bad when they killed them in the womb, and that is bad. That's murder, nothing less. And now they're even doing it after the child is born and come into this world. A member of our Supreme Court, Miss Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and I don't mind calling her name because she put her name on this statement, became upset just, I read today, with Justice Clarence Thomas when he called women that have had an abortion mothers, mothers that have aborted their children, Miss Ginsburg took issue with that, and she said a woman that aborts a baby is not a mother. Say amen. And, and, and we're talking about afterbirth. 
So it seems that the devil is working overtime and having a heyday in the day that you and I are living in. Child molestation. Little children becoming subjected to the evil desires of wicked men and wicked women. By the time they're 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, their lives have been totally ruined and altered by some demon-possessed pervert. Drug abuse that is shown the rise today. Drug addiction. And they're not buying all of it on the street corner, sir. On and on and on we can go crime in general. This great nation, the United States of America, we're on the verge of anarchy. We're on the verge, children of God, I must warn you tonight that we are one generation away from this nation forgetting God and being turned into hell. We're not even a generation away. We are one election away from this nation withdrawing its support from Israel. Say amen. Yeah, listen to me. You say, preacher, you don't need to talk politics in the I'm not talking politics. I'm talking the Bible that said they that honor Israel will be honored and they'll be blessed, but those that curse Israel will be cursed. And we're one generation, a one election away from this nation withdrawing its support from Israel, ladies and gentlemen, because that Democratic Party in the Congress and in America today are becoming more and more anti-Semitic and turning more and more against the nation of Israel and Satan seems to be having a heyday but listen to me ladies and gentlemen anarchy is a possibility they want to take away our guns so they can put us under the gun and bring us into slavery and into obedience to the oh my so is Satan bigger worse than it's ever been. Churches today, cold and dark. Drive up and down the streets of your town, your city, your county, your state on a Sunday evening and see how many churches are locked and the lights are out. Wednesday evening service, are you kidding me? Now we have become the oddballs. Here we have three services a week. I had an assembly of God pastor's wife ask me a few months ago, said, when are you going to get modern and quit having church on Sunday night? I'll tell you when I'm going to quit having church on Sunday night. It's when I'm walking streets of gold and worshiping around the throne of God. Hey, uh, but here we go, on and on. The world has crept into the church. The world has come to the place that the church now has fallen in love with the world. And we're willing to violate 
were willing to violate the truth of God's word to accommodate our love for the world. We're willing to violate and, tra and trample on everything that God has said and everything that God is that we might appease our newfound lover, the world and the lust of the flesh that has crept into the church. So the devil, it seems that the little garden serpent has become a roaring lion. It seems that that snake that tempted Eve has become a piercing, crooked serpent and a sea monster. We don't have time to dwell there. But any time you read of the sea and scripture in a prophetic term, it speaks of people. It speaks of the masses and it said, calls him a sea monster, a monster among the masses, a monster among the people. Leviathan, a dragon. Does this prove that Satan, the devil, is growing in size, increasing in power, and that his power is greater than it was. Oh my, you say, preacher, you've convinced me. If your answer is yes, and I've convinced you of that, then I'm going to have to take the next 45 minutes to change your mind and prove to you by the word of God that Satan is no bigger and no badder and no worse today than he was when he appeared in that garden. You say, well, the scripture contradicts. No, we'll get back to that. It seems that way, but it is not true. I have five reasons that I'm going to give to you from the word of God that the devil is no worse today than he was when he appeared to Eve in the garden. And then we'll come back to the perception and why it's perceived that way. Number one, as I prove to you tonight that Satan is no more powerful than he was in the Garden of Eden. Number one, if Satan is growing stronger, since the Bible said that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and the day and forever, that means Christ never gets bigger. He never gets smaller because he was everything in the beginning. But Christ has not changed. Do you believe that you're serving an unchanging Savior? That he's the same. I believe that our Lord is the same today as he was when he walked in the Garden of Eden in the cool of the day. Because the word said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So let's reason for just a moment. If Jesus Christ is unchanging, if Jesus Christ is just as large and no larger, but He's just no smaller. He was what he was. He is what he is. And if he's the same today as he was when he walked with Adam in the Garden of Eden, if the devil is getting bigger and Christ is not getting bigger, then the gap between Satan and Christ is closing. If Jesus is the same as he was when he walked with Adam in the garden in the cool of the day, but the serpent is growing, then that means that the advantage of Christ over Satan 
is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Brother Greg, Christ is the same as he was then. But we got a little bitty garden snake down here, but he's getting bigger, right? Okay, here's Christ. Here's that little snake. He's a lion. He's a dragon. He's a sea monster, and he's growing. Then what is that? You're right. No, no. That means that Christ, that once had this advantage over the devil, now only has this advantage over the You will never make me believe that. You'll never make me believe that. I said, you'll never make me believe that. So the, re the first reason I'm going to tell you that Satan is no bigger and no badder than he was in the garden is because the advantage that Christ has over the devil is not shrinking. The oh, come on, say amen. Ladies and gentlemen, but he still dominates the devil devil as much today as he ever had. Number two, the devil is not growing in stature. The devil is not growing in power. The devil is not increasing in his dominion because from the time when Lucifer was cast out of heaven, you remember that, scripture said Revelation chapter 12 and verse 4, when he was cast out of heaven and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and cast them down to the earth. There was anarchy in heaven. They had a, they had a, a, a political drama took place in heaven. The devil said I'm running for the position of God and he went around campaigning and canvassing all over heaven and telling the angels there's going to be an election and I'm going to run against God and I'm going to unseat God because I'm better than God and I'm better looking than God and, and I'm smarter than God and, and, and you vote for me and I'll be God. Now, I know that's not the way it happened but come on folks, use your imagination. So finally election day came and God won. Amen. Big. Two to one. No, we didn't have no Russia then. God won big, two to one. And because God won big with a two to one advantage, he said, Mr. Devil, you're, you're gone. And he cast him out of heaven. Jesus told his disciples that I beheld Satan as a lightning cast from heaven. And as he went down, that one-third of the angels that voted for him, they came out with him. This is the origin of demons, the origin of demonic spirits. Demonic spirits in this world today are fallen angels. The devil was cast out. He drew a third part of the stars out with him. And so now we got a devil and we got demons and we've got Christ and we've got angels. And on the day that the devil was cast out of heaven, the angels of God outnumbered the demons two to one. Glory be to God. I said, don't oh, you're going to get with me directly on the day that Satan was cast out of heaven, the angels of heaven that outnumbered the demonic spirits, they outnumbered them two to one. What are you telling me, preacher? I'm telling you for every devil that's messing with you, there's two angels that's come to help you. Hallelujah! 
Hallelujah. Can somebody say amen? And for six, uh, we don't know how long it was. Man's been here on this earth. We don't know exactly when Satan was cast out, but it was something better than 6,000 years ago that the angels outnumbered demons two to one. Do you realize how could Satan's kingdom be growing when not one more demon has been added to his army? Not one more demonic spirit, not one more angel has fallen from heaven. not find anywhere in the word of God that one more angel has fallen and become a devil, a demon. So if we had a two to one advantage on the day he was cast out of heaven, guess what brother Andy? We still have a two to one advantage. Woo! My God, we're going to get there. God's going to help us. Number three, Satan is not getting bigger and better and his power is not increasing because when we look into our world uh, and there's more people in the world today than there's ever been. You understand that? Dear God, I say amen. The community we live in, I remember when the old ladies in our community, the old ladies and uh, that's uh, before my wife and I got old, but the old ladies in our community, you know, I, I can remember there were so few houses and so few people and everybody knew everybody. If a strange car went down that street, the party line got busy. A strange car could go by and the party line got busy and our our older ladies would start calling one another and say, did you see that yellow car go down the road? I didn't recognize that car. There's somebody in our community that I didn't recognize, you know, but it's not that way today. And, and, And there may be more people serving the devil today than there's ever been but I'm going to tell you that percentage wise as far as convincing men to serve him percentage wise the devil is not as successful now as he has been in the past there was a time in the devil's past when he was so successful that he had everybody in the world doing his will but eight people. Man, I'm telling you, he's having some success. He's got everybody in the world except Noah, Mrs. Noah, Shem and Mrs. Shem and Ham and Mrs. Ham and Japheth and Mir- Eight people are the only ones that he's not been able to entice to do his will. People there were, but I'm telling you, that's a pretty high percentage that Satan has doing his will. In fact, I remember reading about a time when he had 100% of the population of the world doing his will. Because Adam and Eve both tasted that fruit. 100%. Of humanity is doing the will of the devil. Well, I just come to tell you something, Mr. Devil. You're not doing quite that good tonight. 
Because I know one for sure that's not on your side. <laughs> Woo! Come on, somebody say amen. Can somebody raise your hand and say, Mr. Devil, there was a time when you had everybody but eight people. There was a time when you had 100% of the people in this world doing your bidding, but you're not doing so good tonight because there's a whole bunch of us in here tonight that's been born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, and we are not serving the devil can somebody make him mad and say devil you don't have everybody because you hadn't done me hallelujah give him a hand clap of praise <laughs> Woo. number four Satan is no greater now than he was in the garden and the fourth reason and I present to you to prove my point is that the snake still crawls on his belly. Has anybody in this house seen a snake walking around lately? Woo! Say amen. In the Garden of Eden, he looked at that serpent and he said, you're going to go on your belly? You're going to crawl on your belly? And you're going to eat uh, You're going to eat dust all the days of your life? Ladies and gentlemen, I know it calls him a sea monster. I know it calls him a dragon. We're going to get to that in a minute. But uh, every snake I've ever seen is still crawling on his belly. That fall, my God, are you ready to have church? The fall in the garden brought the curse. It brought the curse on Adam by the sweat of your brow you'll earn your bread it brought the curse on Eve and sorrow you'll bear children and the curse on that serpent you're going to crawl on your belly brother Andy I was born under the curse of sin and death you were born under the curse of sin and death because of what Adam and Eve did in the garden of Eden but I've come to tell the devil tonight I was born cursed by sin. I was born with a curse of death. You had the curse to crawl on your belly. I want you to know something, Mr. Devil. I have been delivered from my curse, but you are still crawling on your belly. Brother Steve, he ain't doing so good. You've been delivered from that curse. You've been set free from the curse that was pronounced on you in the garden. But the serpent has never been able to come out from under that curse. The snake still crawls. Yes, it does. In fact, that when my mother shot Wednesday was crawling on the ground, he has never yet regained you see, that's exactly, I'm, I'm, I'm telling it like it is. He, was ne- he has never yet regained the ability to walk on all fours. He is still cursed, and the snake still crawls. He said, preacher, snakes never did walk around. Yes, they did. Because God cursed him. And the curse was, it wouldn't be a curse if it had been crawling before. And there's scientific evidence to prove that at at one time the snake actually walked on legs. 
I want to tell you something. I'm not going to get technical here. I'm not one of the world's smart boys. I just preach. But I've got it wrote down in my notes, an article, an article that I read some time ago. Listen carefully. I just want to set your mind. An article that I read some time ago was in National Geographic. Now, some of you want to know for sure. Here it is. Let's get this in your mind. It was October the 23rd, 2016. Article in the National Geographic. I'm going to read this. That states that the snakes, snakes have the same genes in their body that produces legs in lizards. Now Google it. October 23rd, 2016, National Geographic. Snakes have in their body the same genes that causes legs to grow on a lizard. He's still crawling, folks. I got fascinated when I saw that article. I said, I got to know more about this. They, they, you know, all this DNA and, 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 and whatever all that is, they, they, they find all this stuff. said, that gene, brother, it's there. It's there. said, the gene, the same gene, and they named that gene. Hey, man, but it's not Levi's or, or Wrangler's. It's some other kind of gene, and I don't know all those names, but the gene is still there, and they saw that they in that snake, that DNA, there is that leg-growing gene. But, Brother Andy, I read on a little bit further, but said there is another, whatever they call it, in that lizard that has to cause that gene to grow, that has to, that, that gene that produces legs. There's something else in there that triggers it. And when it triggers it in that lizard, it begins to grow and it grows legs. But this article said that scientists has found that something has shut that trigger down in the body of a snake. My God, say man, there's nothing wrong with the leg growing gene. About done. There's a part in that body that triggers that gene that something has flipped the switch off. My God, somebody say, man, I want to tell you what that something was. Flipped off that switch. I won't take the gene out. I'll just reach over and flip the switch off, and the gene won't work. He turned the car off, buddy, and pulled out the key. And the snake still crawls. You're saying to me tonight that because of the increase in satanic activity appears, that I can't live for God, that I can't serve God, that I can't overcome, that I can't be victorious. Ladies and gentlemen, the next time you see a snake crawling on his belly, you look up to the sky and say, thank God I have been delivered from the curse of sin. But that snake's still crawling. That means I can, oh God, oh God. Listen to me, folks. Somebody go get victory here tonight. And because I have been delivered from the curse of sin and death, and because the snake is still crawling on his belly, I can now put.
put his head under my foot and I can now walk on that devil. I can walk. Oh, dear God. Oh, Lord. That oldest boy, Scott and I, we were walking through a pasture one day, walking along. You know, when they were growing up, we had horses. And I want to tell you, if you've never had horses, two of the happiest days in your life are missing. You are missing two of the happiest days in your life if you've never owned horses. Ladies and gentlemen, go buy horses. That's one of the happiest days of your life when you buy horses. And the second next happiest day of your life is when you get rid of them. And so you're missing out on two of the happiest days of your life. But we were walking through the horse pasture and Scott and I saw that rattlesnake just about the same time. We're walking along there and he hollered and and about the same time I saw it and when we saw it, that thing had already got ready. He struck and here he come. He struck me. Are you listening? And that boy screamed, Daddy, are you okay? And by the time he got those words out of his mouth, I had that boot heel on that rattler's head because he bounced off of that boot. He was not able to penetrate that boot. But because he wasn't standing up on all fours looking me in the eye, when he bounced off of that boot just with a reflex, I put the heel of that boot on that nasty head. And you say, preacher, did you have any mercy on him? Did you take it easy on him? Did you just scold him a little bit and say, all right, now I'm going to let you go, but don't try that no more. No, sir, I ground that foot and that heel until I ground that nasty head. There's still victory over the serpent. There's seal victory in Jesus. Amen. You say, preacher, why? How in the world could you do that? Because I have been to Calvary. I have nailed at the foot of the cross. I have been redeemed from the curse. I have been set free from the curse. But that old rattlesnake still crawling because his forefather was cursed to crawl on his belly. My forefather was cursed to sin and cursed to death. But Jesus Christ came as a baby and a manger. Jesus Christ came and died on an old rugged cross and he said come unto me all ye that labor what do you mean you can't overcome it I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions you my friend have been or can be delivered from the curse of the garden, the curse of sin and death, but the snake still crawling. Tell me, brother. I know I got y'all thinking. We're in there. That snake still crawls. Satan has not increased his advantage over Christ or, or, or de- he never will. He, but let me say that Satan has not decreased Christ's advantage over him, even though Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he was getting bigger, Christ's advantage would be decreasing. You're right. Not one more angel has fallen. There has not been one digit 
one number added to the number of demons in this world since those angels fell. He's not got 100% of the population and the snake still crawls. But number five, Satan cannot get bigger and he cannot get badder because he has a head wound that will not heal. He looked at that snake and he said, there's coming a seed out of that woman and you're going to bruise his heel, but he is going to bruise your head. You know, he thought he was getting big and thought he was getting bad. And then a virgin conceived and brought forth a Had this world in 400 years of dark ages, not one prophet, not one word from God for 400 years. And he thought he was getting bigger and he thought he was getting badder until one night on the hillsides of Judea, the angels sang, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And a baby was born in a manger that cut him right back down the sides. Are you listening to me, somebody? Hallelujah! And Jesus Christ came in this world and the Bible said Acts chapter 10 and verse 38 that he was anointed by God and he went about doing good healing all that were afflicted of the devil. Glory be to God. You know what he did? He just put a wound upside that old serpent's head that day on that cross when that blood was shed and he cried out, it is finished. He opened up a big cap on that devil's head and every time a born again Christian raises their hand and says thank you Lord for saving my soul oh glory to God every time a born again Christian sings that old scab is knocked off of that wound it never gets well he's still a wounded devil Why don't we knock that scab off? Why don't we make him bleed a little bit by throwing up your hands and saying, thank God I'm saved. Somebody do it right now. You feel that devil? Huh? You feel that? that this man. I want you to say, Jesus. Come on. Jesus, thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood that cleansed me of my sins. Thank you for the blood that wrote my... Let me tell you what... Just, you know what just happened, Brother Andy? He got a wound at, at Calvary, but it can't get well because every time he thinks it's getting a little bit better, somebody gets up and says, thank you for the blood. Thank you for the cross. Thank you, Hatabosa. About the, th- about the time. He thinks I'm getting a little better. This thing's healing just a little bit. A little old country preacher will come by and preach a sermon. And a sinner will get up off of a pew and walk down the aisle and kneel in the audience. I'm sorry of my transgressions. Wash me in the blood. 
make me white as snow. My sins are red like scarlet. Make it like wool. Make it like snow. And then there we are. God the Father, the Son's at the right hand, and they get together. Father, 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 Father. There's Richie White down there in that altar in Somerville asking me to forgive him. Father, I'm going to. And then he takes that blood. Just pours it out all over that sinner. And you know what the devil does? He grabs that head and he said, Oh God, another 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 sinner just got saved. He grabs that old head and he says, oh, my Lord. And, and his chief imp says, what's wrong with you, Mr. Lucifer? He said, that drug addict, oh, God, just got delivered. Woo, hallelujah. And, and then he grabs and says, what's wrong with you, devil? And he says, that little boy, Lane Smith, six years old, in Jackson, Mississippi, just got healed again. And he backs up in a corner. And right now, it, you just use your imagination, okay? We, we, God gave it to us. Let's use it. Right now, he's backed up in a corner somewhere, got the medicine cabinet of hell open, and he's looking for a double dose of BC powder. Amen. And the demonic spirit says, what in the world is wrong with you? He said, there's a meeting going on in Somerville, Georgia, and those and they're praising God and they're thanking God for the blood. Greg just got up praising Jesus for saving him. Ha, brother, dear God, I believe he's going to shout. I'm up again. Somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. He can't get bigger. He can't get better. He cannot improve because every time he does, somebody gets saved. Every time he thinks he's getting better, somebody sings the old rugged cross on a hill far away. Give him a We ought to be walking. We ought to be shut. Somebody ought to be swinging over the chandeliers. I have been delivered from the curse of sin and death, but the snake still crawls. Uh, my wound of sin has been healed, but his wound is made afresh every day. not gone. His success rate among humanity percentage-wise is not as high as it once was. The snake still crawls. The wound that he got at Calvary has never healed and never will. Then why does it seem that sin has grown? And why is it that sin is abounding? Verse 3 and 13 gives us the answer. It's evil men and seducers that are waxing worse and worse. It's evil men and seducers that are waxing worse and worse.
Satan has not grown. But evil men and seducers have waxed worse and worse. Satan's wound has never healed, and it never will. But evil men are waxing worse and worse. You say, well, preacher, how can that be true? How can that be true? If Satan has not closed the gap of Christ's advantage, if he's still crawling, he's still a victim of the curse, he has a head wound that will not heal. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me and hear me well. It's not the fact that Satan has grown. It's a fact that the dust on our Bibles has grown thicker and thicker and thicker. It's not a fact that Satan is bigger and better. Are you ready? It's the dust on our Bibles that has grown, and it's the size of the cockroaches in our prayer closets that's getting bigger. And that's the reason evil men and seducers are growing worse and worse. Some of you are looking at me. We're going, well, I'm, I'm going to have to say this at least one more time, and I hope you get it because my wife don't like me to say stuff three times. It's not the fact that the snake... He's still crawling. But the fact is, we have left the Word of God and we have left the prayer closet. We have surrendered our life of prayer, Brother Henderson. And because, not because, Satan is bigger. And I'm going to prove that in just a minute. Not because Satan is bigger, but because the dust is thicker on our Bibles and the cockroaches are larger in our prayer closet that evil men and seducers have grown worse and worse. Ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. Sir, listen to me. Your world is not affected by an increasing devil. Your world is affected by a decreasing prayer life and a decreasing life in the Word of God. That's exactly where it's at. You say, well, preacher, what are we going to do? Somebody said, let's cut the devil down the sides. Well, dear God, he's still crawling. What are you going to do? He's crawling on his belly. He ain't got up yet. The trigger's still off. The switch is still off. The gene won't go late. I don't know how we're going to cut him down. He's still crawling crawling on his belly instead of trying to cut the devil down. Why don't you cut your prayer life up and your Bible reading and Bible living up? My God, even all my life. We could get us some music. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. But preacher, you read to us in Revelation chapter 20. That an angel would come down from heaven and bind not a little gold and cast them into the bottomless pit. Now, how do you take that and prove that he's no bigger now than he was in the garden? I can't. Because you see, your focus is wrong. Let's read those verses again. And I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit 
and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him about. You see, verse 2 got all of our attention. Verse 2 is the one we're concentrating on. That old dra- that dragon, that old serpent, the devil. You missed verse 1. It's to prove that Satan's bigger by calling him a dragon. Verse 2 does not magnify the devil because you missed something important in verse 1. John said, this is what you missed. I saw an angel. Just one. That's the truth we missed. John said, I saw one angel come out of heaven with a key to the bottomless pit and one angel. My God, Brother Henderson, that's what we missed. We got our mind on the devil. You know why he called him a dragon? Not to magnify him, but to magnify the power of one angel. He called him a dragon, Sister Dorothy. Not to magnify the devil, but to magnify the power of one angel. If he's so big and he's so bad, then he would have took a legion of angels to come and bind him. But evidently, since the snake still crawls, since he's still under the curse, he's no bigger and no badder than he was in the garden because God didn't send a dozen angels. He's not going to send six angels. He's not going to send three or two. But he said, I want you to know something. When this thing winds up at the end, the devil is going to still be so small and so powerless that I'll just send one angel. Just one. No. He's not bigger. And he's not better. In fact, if you want to get technical, since the cross, since the cross, if you really want to get technical, he has lost power since Calvary. You say, preacher, how do you say that? You've read the book of Daniel, right? Remember that? After 21 days, he said, Daniel, I heard your prayer. But the prince of Persia withstood me. This is Old Testament. Daniel prayed. He said, I heard your prayer the first time you prayed. And I started with the answer. 
the prince of Persia, that's, that's the devil. He said, Satan got in my way. And Satan blocked my path. And I've been wrestling with him. But my brother, another one of my brother angels came and helped me. And the two of us, can I paraphrase it? And the two of us were able to push him out of the way where I could get through with your answer. In the day of Daniel, it took two angels. My God, somebody ought to hear. In Daniel's day, it took two angels to push him out of the path to get an answer to Daniel in 21 days. But ladies and gentlemen, in the end of this New Testament era, it's not going to take two angels, but one angel is going to come and bind that devil and cast him into hell. You say, well, preacher, what does that mean to me? That means you ought to quit your moaning, groaning, and moping, doping, and start praising God for there's still power and there's still victory. My God, somebody get on your feet and shout, devil, you're still caught. That we're in trouble because the devil's got so big. I don't think so. I told you why. Evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse. And I told you why. Because we're not praying and preaching like we once prayed and preached. Somebody in this house tonight, you listen to me. The devil has browbeat you. He's tried to wound your head. He's tried to give you a headache. He's tried to come as a deceiver and make you think he's so big and he's so powerful that you can't overcome him. But I've come to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. You listen to me. You say, preacher, I'm not an angel. No. But you're more than an angel. You're a man or woman with a soul and with a will. And you have surrendered that soul and that will to God. And you're greater than the greatest angel in heaven. All the angel has to work with is the instructions he gets from God. But you've got more down. You've got the blood of Jesus. Tonight, you're going to attack that devil. You're walking straight and tall, redeemed from the curse. And he's still crawling. I want somebody to get up in between that pew and start down this aisle right now and say, Devil, you're still crawling. I'm redeemed from the curse. You're still crawling. And I'm coming up there tonight and I'm going to worship God. And I'm going to put you under my feet. Come on, right now. You've met. Long enough, devil.